0: Mental illness can be a highly stigmatized topic in the church. For those who do not have such struggles, suicidal ideations and the extreme despair that come with mental illness can be difficult to understand. When something is not understood, people tend to react with fear and avoidance. Mental illness is the same. How does the Bible help those with mental health issues? Now for today's host, Bill Petrie. I am your host, Bill Petrie, and I am sure glad that you are able to join us today for this edition of Differing Things. I really believe that today's Differing Things will perhaps give you a different perspective about mental health, and in particular, about those who deal with mental health issues. The Apostle Paul speaks of a thorn in his flesh that he pleaded with God three times to remove in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10. Biblical scholars are not sure exactly what Paul's thorn was, but I can tell you my son Zachary's bipolar, schizophrenia with paranoia. He was diagnosed in his early 20s. And I have pleaded with God more than thrice to remove this from him. It has taken me longer than Paul to hear God telling me that his grace is sufficient. Mental illness can still be a highly stigmatized topic in the church. For those who do not have such struggles, suicidal ideations, and the extreme despair that come with mental illness can be difficult to understand. When something is not understood, people tend to react with fear and avoidance. Mental illness is the same. Most of us do not understand the disease, so we fear those who have it. Think of the recent COVID-19 epidemic and how much fear Was generated about being near anyone who maybe came into contact with somebody who had COVID. Think of all the fear that ran rampant in 2020. And that's for a physical disorder. Mental illness is much the same thing in the sense that it generates fear in those who do not understand it. Many of us know the trial of occasional anxiety or depressed feelings. People with a diagnosed mental illness do indeed face unique challenges. Charles Spurgeon, the late great preacher, once said, and I quote, The mind can descend far lower than the body, for in it there are bottomless pits. The flesh can bear only a certain number of wounds and no more. But the soul can bleed in 10,000 ways and die repeatedly each hour. End of quote. <clears throat> Mental illness is not a new phenomenon man's brokenness has been on display for a very very long time the good news is the same biblical truths that have encouraged christians for centuries can indeed encourage those who suffer with mental illness today as people made in the image of god we are biological or physical, spiritual, psychological, and social beings. This is true because we were intended to be representative of God. A few verses in the first two chapters of Genesis, and I'm taking verses from verse Genesis 1, verses 27, 28, 31, and Genesis 2, 7, and they read this way. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. And he have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God saw everything that he had made and behold, it was very good. Then The Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. When God created us in his own image, he created us with the capacity for relationship across four domains. First, to have a relationship with him. Second. To have a relationship with one another. Third, to have a relationship with creation. And fourth, to have a relationship with ourselves. Genesis 2 verse 25 presents the pinnacle of these perfect relationships by noting how the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. Adam and Eve were in an intimate and perfect relationship with God, one another, and creation, working the ground and subduing it as God had designed. Adam and Eve were also in an intimate and perfect relationship with themselves, meaning that their awareness and perspective was not distorted or selfish not seeking to justify or rationalize thoughts and behaviors with no worries, fears, or concerns, no anxiety. The pinnacle of creation noted at the end of Genesis chapter 2 provides a sharp contrast to the change and fall presented in Genesis chapter 3 creating the chronic condition of sin and resulting illness and struggle we experience today in seeking independence and in choice and behavior adam and eve's eyes were opened and they knew that they were naked genesis 3 7 tells us the intimacy was broken And from this point forward, all of humanity would experience guilt, shame, and selfishness, disrupting and distorting the clarity and connections for which we were designed with God, one another, creation, and ourselves. Adam and Eve hid from God, blamed each other, experienced the consequences of the curse through toil with nature, and now we delude ourselves into believing our thinking is always right and just. Only through Jesus Christ can God's relationship toward us be restored as Christ's blood allows the return of our relationship with God. But the lens through which we experience the world right now is distorted by sin. Disrupting each part of this design until God sets all things right in the future. Mental health and mental illness are not just an issue with the mind, but represent the effects of the disruption in relationships designed to operate in the wholeness of, Of shalom. In the same way that we acknowledge that because of sin, all will eventually die, yet we still pursue health to the extent we are able in our diet and lifestyle. The effect of sin across our relationships and upon all of creation disrupts our capacity to function in wholeness and health and our thinking as well. Indeed, all of humanity must now live in the brokenness caused by sin. The Bible does not speak of mental health in the same way that we do today. But the concept of mental health is integral to all of scripture. A focus on mental health is a focus on pursuing God's redemptive plan for us in the world, seeking to proclaim the gospel of God and the wholeness and healing provided through our savior, Jesus Christ. Paul closes the Thessalonian epistle in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23 with this prayer, requesting that the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul demonstrates that sanctification incorporates the whole self, seeking to rectify our brokenness and restore shalom. This emphasis on pursuing God with our whole self was part of the foundational mission for the people of Israel, designed to keep them centered on their creator and redeemer, even through slavery and the wilderness wanderings. Summarized with the Shema in Deuteronomy 6:4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, The Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. Jesus reiterates this command to the nation of Israel as the first and greatest command adding with all your mind. In Mark chapter 12 verse 30. When the Bible speaks about a person, whether noting their heart or their mind or something else, these terms are not intended to discuss different and distinct elements of the self, but to highlight how we are comprehensive and complete. whole. <laughs> wholeness, which is our created design, and since the fall, we fight for unity and wholeness across all four of our broken relationships. <coughs> this is the biblical concept of trauma or wholeness, completeness, belonging, Is a flourishing is intended across all our relationships. Mental health is represented through this flourishing with mental illness representing interference in our relationships through disconnection, fear, chemical imbalance, avoidance, escape, dependence and many other symptoms sin brings death according to james 1:15. and even at birth sin is already at work meaning that death is at work in our mortal bodies in accordance to second corinthians 4 verse 12. it is atrophying and disrupting until the end across all components of the self, mind, body, and spirit. Indeed, mental illness reminds us of the infirmities we all share as limited creatures in a fallen, broken world. But the gospel provides hope and expectation. God's power is manifest in human frailty. Not an artificial or imagined strength. Though we may continue to struggle daily in the bottomless pit of the mind, we can cling to three encouragements. First, in their first encouragement, you are not alone." God's people have suffered mentally, emotionally and physically since the fall. Even Christ himself, while in the garden, dealt with depression. Matthew chapter 26, verses 37 and 38 states, And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful even unto death. Tarry you here and watch with me, what is more, mental illness is probably more common than you know. According to the National Institute of Mental Health, one in five American adults lives with a mental illness. The World Health Organization says one in four people worldwide will experience mental health issues. That's 25% of all of humanity will experience a mental health issue. Close to 10 to 15% of teenagers struggle with symptoms of depression, while one in five adults grapple with significant mental illness you are almost certainly not the only one in your circle of friends and family dealing with issues arising from mental illness speaking openly about mental health issues will allow others to share their own struggles and will enable you to care for one another second mental illness is not your fault though mental illness is a result of the fall zachary's affliction like that of the man born blind in john chapter 9 verse 3 is not punishment for his sins or the sins of his parents mental illness may not be his fault but it can let me repeat this it can be our opportunity to speak truth about Christ's love to others of course sin can exacerbate mental illness or stir up depression or anxiety sin spreads the infection of the darkness which is why it is so important to have people join others and point them to Christ. If we turn our focus to Christ, we can allow the light, however dim it may appear, to seep in. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you, James 4.8 states. It is a promise that is true in any dispensation. It is a promise for good days, and it is a promise for the dark ones too. Third, God sees you, and he is with you. We have a personal Savior who experiences emotions. As individuals suffer the effects of mental illness, they can remember the nearness of Christ he weeps with them as he wept with Lazarus's family in John 11:35 which states a two-word sentence Jesus wept he knew the resurrecting work he was about to do but he sobbed with sorrow and frustration and anger anyway likewise he knows how he is going to work in and through all our lives. And he is with us during that time frame. By grace, he sent the Holy Spirit, our comforter and counselor, to be with us, to help us. The Holy Spirit intercedes for us, according to Romans 8.27. He cries out for us when you cannot form words, but only sounds of despair. Romans 8.26 says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself makes intercession for us. With groanings which cannot be uttered, remain steadfast, therefore, for there is great hope. Psalm 34, verse 18 tells us, The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. We are all broken in our own way but Christ makes us whole. He lights up the darkest corners of our heart and mind. He pulls us out of the deepest pit of despair, and he can use us to reach others. The Bible does not speak directly to mental illness apart from Deuteronomy 28:28, 28, 28, which reads The Lord will strike you with madness and blindness and confusion of heart. Here God was warning the Israelites about rebelling and worshiping the Canaanite gods. Mental illness would be one of the results of that rebellion. This sobering verse was played out in the life of King Nebuchadnezzar. Daniel 4 verses 31 and 32 state, O oh, King Nebuchadnezzar, this message is for you. You are no longer ruler of this kingdom. You will be driven from human society. You will live in the fields with the wild animals, and you will eat grass like a cow. While we know mental illness can be the direct result of God humbling a people, group, or an individual, it can also simply be the result of living this side of heaven. Just as a person's body can be physically ill, an individual's chemical composition can become unbalanced. Mental illness can also result from poor decisions, as it did with Jonah. One of God's prophets, Jonah, disobeyed God and endured a terrible storm, only to be swallowed by a great fish where he remained for three days. Finally, the fish spat Jonah onto dry land, and the prophet proceeded to fulfill his God-given assignment. By this point, Jonah was de- depressed and angry. If he had obeyed immediately, Jonah would not have suffered such horrific circumstances. Finally, mental illness can develop following trauma. Naomi, for instance, grieved the death of her husband and both of her sons. Now destitute and in a foreign land, she returned home with her daughter-in-law, Ruth. Life in depression It so impacted Naomi that the townspeople did not even recognize her, Ruth chapter 1 tells us. While I do not believe it is helpful to apply modern diagnosis to ancient biblical characters as their context, experience, and perspective is both very different and partially unknown, scripture is rife with examples of people exhibiting symptoms of the absence of shalom in their functioning. Abraham is anxious and afraid of how the Egyptians will treat him if they know Sarah is his wife. So on two occasions, he lies in response to the stress and fear of the moment. We see that in Genesis twelve seventeen. In Genesis 20, verse 2, following the loss of his children, home, and livelihood, Job experiences extreme suffering and sorrow, according to Job 2.13. On the heels of a major victory over the prophets of Baal and Queen Jezebel, Elijah becomes worn down and distraught, asking God, to take his very life in First Kings chapter 19. If we acknowledge that mental illness is not a singular deficit unique to people who lack faith, but is instead the recognition of how sin has impacted our relationships with God, others, creation, and ourselves, that everyone exists on the continuum of health and illness, we would be much better off. The goal is not solely the absence of illness, but the pursuit of health from an integrated and holistic lens. This natural, And holistic pursuit is evident in God's response to Elijah's despair by first providing him with physical nourishment through bread, water, and sleep, before addressing his psychological and social relational nourishment by affirming his calling and belonging and providing a companion and friend in Elisha. Paul directs our focus not on our current brokenness and groaning, but on the promise of wholeness and on the promise of life, supplied through Christ and sealed through the Holy Spirit. Even as we struggle, we must remember some important facts. We are not alone. The truth of the gospel is that we are deeply loved. We were loved by God as evidenced in creation, and we remain loved by God as he demonstrated in sending his son to die for us while we were sinners. Does not Romans 5.8 record this? It states, yet God is commending his love to us, seeing that while we are still sinners, Christ died for our sakes. God loves us, and he sent his son to die for us as that sin offering, and he has provided his spirit to reside in us, speaking on our behalf, just as Romans 8, verses 23 through 26 states. Second, the presence of sickness, struggle, and suffering does not negate God's presence and love for us. Romans 8 provides a critical course for us as we reside in the already but not yet. We live in the Saturday morning of Passion Week, grateful and redeemed through the death of Christ on the cross on Wednesday and awaiting our own resurrection and glorification on saturday night christ has gone ahead as the first fruit of the resurrection according to 1 corinthians 15:23 the forerunner of our faith in accordance with hebrews 12:2 and we wait in expectation and promise while we may suffer and struggle now It is nothing compared to the glory to come. Romans 8.18 tells us, For I am reckoning that the sufferings of the current era do not deserve the glory about to be revealed for us. Our current suffering is designed to ignite the flame of our expectation for him. Knowing that nothing can separate us from the love of God, just like Romans chapter eight verse 39 informs us, and we know his strength is made perfect in our weakness, according to second Corinthians 12:9. Finally, we must remember that this planet and this life is not our home or final existence. The arc and complete story of the biblical timeline is that we were created and deeply loved, broken and deeply sinful, redeemed and being restored because we are deeply loved. We are still deeply loved, is created by God for the purpose of displaying his love to others and to the world. But sin has distorted our view of God, others, self and God's creation. <clears throat> creating deep confusion for our reflection of God's image and our ability to perceive and receive God's love. We are broken. This brokenness reminds us of our longing for wholeness, for shalom, and should provide a perspective of compassion toward others who also live in this brokenness. As followers of Christ, we have expectation in the knowledge of the restoration of the world through Jesus Christ. Colossians chapter 1 verses 19 through 20 records, For in him, the entire complement delights to dwell, and through him to reconcile all to him, making peace through the blood of his cross, through him, whether those on the earth or those in the heavens. This means that as we see people along the spectrum of illness to health, whether physical mental emotional or social it should remind us of how god's grace is sufficient for us his power demonstrated through our weakness second corinthians 12:9 states and he said to me my grace is sufficient for you for my power is perfected in weakness therefore I will rather gladly boast in my weaknesses that the power of Christ may overshadow me the loss of Shalom and disruption in relationships occurred when we sought independence from God and distrusted his provision Salvation is demonstrated through dependence on him and the provision of life through his son. Romans 5 verses 18 through 21 states, Consequently then, as it was through one offense for all mankind for condemnation, thus also it is through one just award for all mankind for life's justifying. For even as through the disobedience of the one man, the many were constituted sinners, thus also through the obedience of the one, the many shall be constituted just. Yet law came in by the way that the offense should be increasing. Yet where sin increases, grace super exceeds. That even as sin reigns in death, Thus, grace also should be reigning through righteousness for life aeonian through Jesus Christ, our Lord. We can pursue health in all our relationships through the power of the Holy Spirit, demonstrating the restoration of life provided in the message of the gospel both now and to come. The Bible is not afraid to talk about mental and emotional anguish. Look at Job or the Psalms of Lament, which compose the largest category of Psalms. These are songs of people crying out to God in despair. Psalm 25, 16, Turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely. And afflicted. Psalm 42, 5 states, Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation. Psalm 88, 3 states, For my soul is full of troubles, and my life draws near to Sheol. Yet even most psalms of lament end positively, reminding their hearers of God's faithfulness. Like God's people throughout history, we often forget everything he has already done for us and the promises he continues to fulfill. Keep these truths somewhere. You can be reminded of them often. Share them with a close friend a family member, or accountability partner who can remind you when you forget or when you do not have the energy or willpower to remind yourself. God's word speaks to you on even the most difficult of days. Zachary thorn may never leave his side, but I can rejoice in the greatness of my mighty God, his brokenness continues to ri- remind me that God's grace is sufficient for Zachary and me. God bless and have a good day. We want to thank you for listening to this week's Differing Things podcast. If you would like to get more information about the Bible, please check out our website, www.beacon-ministries.org. Do not forget to join us next week for a new Differing Things podcast.